right, we are back for one more, one more. <clears throat> All right, this is Leviticus. Well, actually, yeah, we're on Leviticus 20. And I call this Grandma's Living Room because we're going to be talking about sanctification and being set apart. And, uh, yeah, I was just reading the Tony Evans notes on here, and uh, he's just talking about how in a lot of houses, like his grandma's house, the living room was like that room that was off limits. Or if it was, if it was open for people to sit down and hang out, um, like my grandma's living room, she had plastic on the couch. And just, uh, you just felt this warmth there. Um, just an inviting place, uh, set apart. It's different than, you didn't just run through you know, grandma's living room usually. Yeah, some households, it was not even, you weren't even allowed, the kids weren't even allowed to go in there. So, I don't know what it was like for y'all. So, we're going to talk about, yeah, being set apart, sanctification. Um, but before that, I was going to read Psalm 32 real quick. It talks about the joy of forgiveness. It's a Psalm of David. It says, How joyful is the one whose transgressions whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained. As in the summer's heat, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. I forgot the other Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you immediately. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle or else it would not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for that word. Thank you, Lord, that... Um, we can have joy because our sins, our transgressions have been forgiven, God. All we have to do is accept that that forgiveness, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that uh, help us to not be like the horse and the mule that has to be controlled with bit and bridle. Um, and Lord, lastly, I just pray, Lord, that we will put our trust in you and know that we have your faithful love surrounding us and that we will shout for joy um, because we are your righteous ones and that we are upright in heart only because of what your son Jesus did on the cross. So thank you for that. And then thank you for Leviticus 20. Okay, once again, this word would transform our hearts and grow us closer and closer to you. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right. So like I said, this is a short, short one, 27 verses. So it shouldn't take too long. Malik worship and spiritism. The Lord spoke to Moses, say to the Israelites, any Israelite or alien residing in Israel who gives any of his children to Malik, 
must be put to death. The people of the country are to stone him. I will turn against that man and cut and cut him off from his people because he gave his offspring to Malik, defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. But if the people of the country look the other way when that man gives any of his children to Malik and do not put him to death, then I will turn against that man and his family and cut off from their people, both him and all who follow him in prostituting themselves with Malik. Whoever turns to mediums or spiritists and prostitutes himself with them, I will turn against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who set you apart. Hmm. What's that phrase? Set you apart. Like grandma's living room. Whenever you see that phrase, set you apart. From now on, hopefully you'll think of grandma's living room. Set apart. Uh, family and sexual offenses. If anyone, verse nine, if anyone curses his father or mother, he must be put to death. He has cursed his father or mother. His death is his own fault. We're gonna see that phrase a few times. His his death is his own fault. If a man commits adultery with a married woman, if he commits adultery with his father, I mean, sorry, if he commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the adulterer and the adulteress must be put to death. If a man sleeps with his father's wife, he has violated the intimacy that belongs to his father. Both of them must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with his daughter-in-law, both of them must be put to death. They have acted perversely. Their death is their own fault. If a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they both, they have both committed a detestable act. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. So this is the other scripture that talks about the sin of, um, see, if a man sleeps with a man as with a woman, they have both committed a detestable act. That's the other scripture that talks about this particular issue of homosexuality here. It's up for a lot of debate in our world, but yeah, we're going to keep reading. So it says, verse 14, if a man marries a woman and her mother, it is depraved. Both he and they must be burned so that there will be no depravity among you. If a man has sexual intercourse with an animal or bestiality, he must be put to death. You are also to kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal, I'm sure the animal is like, what did I do? If a uh, woman approaches any animal and mates with it, you are to kill the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their death is their own fault. If a man marries his sister, whether his father's daughter or his mother's daughter, and they have sexual relations, it is a disgrace. They are to be cut off publicly from their people. He has had sexual intercourse with his sister. He will bear his iniquity. If a man sleeps with a menstruating woman and has sexual intercourse with her, he has exposed the source of her flow, and she has uncovered the source of her blood. Both of them are to be cut off from their people. You must not have sexual intercourse with your mother's sister or your father's sister, for it is exposing one's own blood relative. Both people will bear both people will bear their iniquity. If a man sleeps with his aunt, he has violated the intimacy that belongs to his uncle. They will bear their guilt and die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is impurity. 
He has violated the intimacy that belongs to his brother. They will be childless. So as you can see, there's some of these violations and sins where it says they actually die and their death is their own fault. And then other times where it just says they will bear the iniquity, they'll have to bear it, basically deal with the guilt of the sin or dying, like also being barren, like dying without having children, like not being able to have children reproduce. So there's like one here we see levels to this levels of punishment, levels of curses. Um, some of these where the curse is actually built into the actual sin to where when you do these things yeah they weren't able to have children all right verse holiness in the land verse 22 you are to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them as so that the land where i am bringing you to live will not vomit you out that's a very bold phrase when he says you vomit you out you must not follow the statutes of the nations I am driving out before you, for they did all these things and I abhorred them. And I promised you, you will inherit their land since I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who set you apart from the peoples. Therefore, you are to distinguish the clean animal from the unclean one and the unclean bird from the clean one. Do not become contaminated by any land, animal, bird, or whatever crawls on the ground. I have set these apart as unclean for you. You are to be holy, holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and have set you apart from the nations to be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or a spiritist must be put to death. They are to be stoned. Their death is their own fault. So once again, God does not play around with these particular things, especially these mediums and spiritists. Don't fool with it. <laughs> it's easier for people to do these things these days in modern day times because we live once again under the age of grace. So people aren't just getting struck dead or stoned on the spot for this kind of stuff. So, yeah, if we went back to Leviticus in modern day times, this world would look a whole lot different. All right, uh, let's see here. To give one's children to Malik, no doubt meant to burn them as a child sacrifice. And Malik was like a god, like a, a pagan god that the pagans worshipped. In fact, let's look up and see if there's any other details we can find out about Malik. I don't know a whole lot about him. Wow. It's interesting because I was just thinking about him. I've seen, like, whenever you see anybody who, I don't know if y'all have ever seen those, like, Satanist um, pictures. Anybody who's had, like, a Satanic shirt. And it has like the triangles and the baphomet. It looks a lot like Malik. Wow. 
It says, Malik was an ancient god worshipped by the people neighboring Israel during Old Testament times. While much about Malik's nature and origin are uncertain, the Bible mentions Malik on eight occasions, providing some context regarding the problems associated with the ancient god. The first mention of Malik is in Leviticus 18.21. I'm not going to read this whole um, thing, but... If y'all want to read further and study more, in fact, I'm gonna I'm actually do some research on this later. Um, you can look up compellingtruth.org backslash Malik M O L E C H. Some people spell it M O L O C H without the E, an O instead of an E. But you can either look at Compelling Truth or BibleHub.com has some good something good on here. And I think gotquestions.org, yeah, has a whole write-up about Malik for those that all want to geek out on this stuff. All right, so to be sanctified or set apart is to be separated from the common and ordinary and made special. Many of us have sanctified places in our home. When I was growing up, our living room was off-limits most of the time. It was set apart for guests. Yeah, only when guests came around, like special guests, like Grandma's China cabinet only brought out the China special guest showed up Leviticus teaches that God has set apart his people for his use and glory yet God's people are also to consecrate themselves and be holy this paradox points to what we could call the dynamic tension of the Christian life we are set apart by God in the sense of being his chosen people at the moment each one of us is saved but we are also set up we but we are also to set ourselves apart in the decisions and choices we make Sanctification, or becoming more like Jesus, is not some passive process whereby we simply go through our days expecting God to rubber stamp our choices and bless us. He sanctifies, but he also calls us to sanctify ourselves by choosing to live according to his standards. If God's people followed in the tracks of the Canaanites, they would be expelled from the land too. That's it. So... Yeah, he basically said, I'll vomit you out. Kick you out. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you continue to transform our hearts and grow us, Lord. Um, help us to be more like you, Jesus, and um, not run away from the process of sanctification. We look forward to that day of glorification where we no longer have to wrestle with sin and all the uh, temptations and the challenges that come with whatever situation um, we might be in, whether we're single and waiting for a spouse and trying to remain sexually pure, or um, we have thoughts, Lord, that um, you know what those thoughts are, God. Um, but they're not your thoughts and um, whatever you name it fill in the blank the challenge that that person or that we are all going through I just pray God that you would continue to uh, grow us strengthen us to endure and to mature in you and then lastly for those that don't know you don't have a relationship with you I pray that they will call out to you and ask your son Jesus to be their Lord and Savior and that the Holy Spirit would reside in them and that they would be um compelled to be baptized and be led to go to a uh, be surrounded by a group of Christians and get involved in some type of church community Christian community that can grow them and um, yeah God that they would 
have a an eternal relationship with you and more than just punching a ticket to get into heaven but they would actually have a close intimate relationship with you and walk with you intimately with you in jesus mighty name i pray hey man all right y'all i'm done i'm going to do some writing now well i gotta upload these two episodes and then i'm gonna knock out some writing so till next time talk to you later